It's time for Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. Hey, who wants to have some fun? Featuring Mike Keller and Bob McCool. A guaranteed disaster. Now, here's Mike. Let me talk to you. All right, good morning and welcome, welcome, uh, welcome to this Monday, February 26th edition of Mornings with Mike right here on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. My name is Mike, that's Bob McCool, giving you all the traffic, sports, and all kinds of fun stuff throughout the morning and hanging out. Phone number 610-374-8800, email that's Mike at 830weeu.com, and you can shoot us a text message, 267-422-2830. That's 267-422-2830. Lots of stuff to get to today. We'll have your chance to win a $25 bundle of Lucky Leprechaun PA Lottery scratch-off tickets. Four final chances to win here in February before we have a new batch of lottery tickets for March. So if you haven't won yet in February, make sure you're listening for these final four days to get your hands on that Lucky Leprechaun PA Lottery scratch-off ticket bundle that has 10 top prizes of $100,000. Coming up today, if you heard it during the sports update, in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined in studio by Reading Royals interim head coach Jason Binkley and broadcaster Eric Jesperger exciting exciting game on saturday night in glen falls against the anirondack thunder i was watching the uh, updates on my twitter feed or x feed whatever the heck it is and i started noticing shootout round four. Oh, went to extras <laughs> oh because there's only three normally then i was doing some other stuff around the house i was vacuuming and stuff when i got home on Saturday night from my buddy's house. I see round eight. What is happening? <laughs> round nine. Round ten. It's a heavyweight fight. It's amazing how long that shootout went on Saturday night. We'll get all the details from head coach Jason Binkley and the man who was on the call, Eric Jaceberger, coming up in the eight o'clock hour. Can't ask for a better lead-in for an interview <laughs> than an insanely long shootout round the game before you have the guests in studio. I want to know how Eric felt. In his voice by the time he finally scored that, he finally called that goal that won it in round 13. Round 13 <laughs> is what it went to. 13 different shooters in that game. Well, 26 if you multiply it by two because of each team Correct. gets a shooter. Right. And then you have the goalies involved. So you had a final shootout where 28 different players were involved <laughs> in that final shootout. They call up guys from another another league just to finish it out. Well, I, I often wonder, like, once you get past your first three or four or five, like, right. how are you making that decision? Right. What is your – I mean, you – no doubt, I mean, that's part of coaching, obviously, is is that you have a lineup for shootout rounds. 
and, and you know, you know, who's your one, who's yeah. your two, who's your three, who's your four, who's your five. Do you have your eight, nine, 10, 12, 11, yeah. 12, 13? How far does your depth chart go for a shootout round? Are you and at what point do we go goalie on goalie? Are you literally just pulling <laughs> names out of a hat at some point. Who's left? Right. Raise your hand if you haven't gone yet. Like at the end of school when someone hasn't gotten a chance to do an activity yet. Right. If you haven't gotten a chance to go sit on the beanbag yet, raise your hand. Exactly. That's basically right. what was happening right. on the bench on Saturday night there in Glen Falls. So we'll get all those details from Jason Binkley and Eric Jessberger when they're live in studio with us. Something else that took place over the weekend, a little bit further away, this time down in Florida. Uh, Florida obviously has a bit of a reputation. And when you say Florida, man, we obviously think of all of the crazy stories that have come out of Florida and all of the weird stuff that people do out of Florida that makes national news that Florida now has a Florida man that we think of doing all kinds of goofy stuff, whether it's, tr- you know, tracing, uh, running through the uh, Everglades down there trying to find uh, pythons or uh, trying to sneak something in somewhere it shouldn't be. They're always trying to finagle and break the rules, but not really. And they're just doing weird stuff. Well, they held the Florida Man Games for the first time down in Florida this week, and it was the inaugural Florida Man Games. I'll go through with you guys some of the events that took place in the Florida Man Games over the weekend, but I want to throw it out to you guys. If there ever was a Pennsylvania Man Games, right? Or maybe we could start one. We'll, we'll, we'll be the impetus <laughs> for it, yes. If there ever was a Pennsylvania Man Games, what would be some of the pennsylvania themed events that would take place in the pennsylvania man games now i was texting back and forth with bob last night and we each had the exact same one and i put the facebook post up last night as well and a couple people even said what we said on the facebook post so i'm just gonna throw it out there right as an example the shoe fly pie toss. <laughs> so instead of the discus, correct. Think shoe fly pie toss. You could do it as a discus and or a shot put, you depending could. upon which way you want to throw your shoe fly pie. Hey, it's freestyle. Correct. So you get to pick whichever way you think you can throw it further. Well, however, you can fling that thing uh, <laughs> and get it the longest distance on it. Feel free to do that. But just imagine you've got a guy in all his Pennsylvania glory, whether he's dressed in some Amish gear Correct. or he's like in flannel and hunting gear, whatever the case may be, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's all PA'd up. Right. And he's in that little discus circle with a shoe fly pie like cupped in his arm the way they do. And Correct. he's doing the spinning thing and right. trying to flow that thing throughout the air. You'd have to go wet bottom because yes. that's the only way it would stay together. Uh, but that is one of the great ideas that we've had already for a Pennsylvania man event at the Pennsylvania man game. So we will be throwing that out there coming up in the seven o'clock hour. So start thinking about it. You can also start texting in some, if you have them or emailing them in text is two, six, seven, four, 2830. And the email is Mike at eight 30 W E E U.com. But keep thinking of those. And if for some reason you can't listen in the seven o'clock hour and there's one that, you know, is just genius and you need to share it with us. Feel free to give us a call right now. We'll sneak it in. We'll, Absolutely. We'll sprinkle in some uh, Pennsylvania Man Games great ideas uh, as we get through this first hour of the program. So start thinking about that. The Pennsylvania Man Games, what uh, events would be held? And just to uh, let you know how they promote the Florida Man Games, they call it the most insane athletic showdown on earth. <laughs> That's is alligator call. wrestling one of them? There is an alligator involved. I don't believe <laughs> had it. Had to be. Somewhere. I, I don't somehow believe. or another, an alligator had to be involved 
if it was Florida. I do not believe it's a real alligator, <laughs> but I don't think that matters. You wimps. What yeah. kind of men are they in Florida? Well, insurance was involved. Once you get, <laughs> once you go corporate, how you know, much damage could an alligator do? <laughs> I'll let you Google that and find that out. <laughs> uh, so we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on this morning and a bunch of other fun stuff uh, on deck as well, including um, apparently uh, there is a whole question over whether or not we actually need landlines and some companies. The gist is landlines are getting more expensive to upkeep than people are making on them <laughs> and the amount of people that have them. So there are some places that the companies are actually thinking, Meh, I think we're done with landlines. Okay. I know some of you are still holding on for dear life, <laughs> but I think we're done with landlines. So we can talk a little about landlines if we can fit that in at some point this morning. Um, so busy, busy show. Did you have a, a nice weekend, Bob? I know you uh, didn't have any high school sports, yeah. but I think you did have your last Albright game, if I'm not mistaken. No, that was actually the week before. Oh, I'm sorry. There, it's hard to keep your hoops I know, I straight. Know, I, I apologize. No, I actually had a theoretically basketball-free weekend, but obviously not because I have game. We have a game tonight here on WEU, and a game tomorrow night here on WEU as uh, high school basketball district playoffs continue. There are five Berks County teams who are still very much alive for a shot at a district championship, and there are a few more still alive working their way through the consolation brackets, also to make the state playoffs. But the district championships will be Thursday and Friday. And again, we have teams who play tonight. My missing girls and Wilson girls are both playing tonight in the 4A and 5 and 4A and 6A brackets. Excuse, mm-hmm. excuse me. If they win, they would play their district championships are Thursday afternoon, Thursday night. And tomorrow, Reading High Boys are playing at Cumba Valley. We'll have that one here on WEU. And at the same time, two teams, Berks Catholic and Fleetwood, both still alive in 4A. So if they both win, would be for the second straight year, Berks Catholic and Fleetwood in all Berks County. District 3 4 a championship. So those games would be on Friday. So five teams. Still. Five teams still with a chance for a district championship. Last year we had four district champions. Still have a shot. We'll get four as well. Yeah, you this can't year. get five. Can't get five. Can't get five. Because two of them, as we Correct. just mentioned, are in the same bracket. Correct. So five will be a struggle. Right. Uh, but four is definitely yes, no a possibility. <laughs> they don't, they won't, there won't be a 13th shootout. No, 13 shootouts. Could be 13 overtimes, but Possible. they'll keep playing. Possible. Uh, I won't because I'll check out. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to go to the bullpen. Rich will be on his own. Yes. That'll f- Finally, the Rich Garcella show makes its long-awaited debut. Correct. On WEEU once you get to that 13th OT when Bob is like, I'm out. I'm t- t- you're all if you good. can't win by now, I, I'm done. I'm heading out. So Bob and Rich will be on the call starting tonight. 6.45 is the pregame. 7 o'clock tip. 6A semifinal. District 3 girls battle. Central Dolphin Rams at the Wilson Bulldogs. So not a long commute for you tonight, which is no, the good news. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow night we'll be in Mechanicsburg, which is the home of Cumberland Valley. So for those who don't want to or cannot make the trip to west of Harrisburg to, to see the Red Knights. We'll have the call for you. And, of course, all of our – a lot of stuff during the games and a ton of stuff after the games and our post-game stuff on all our social media, on X, on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, multiple stuff and lots of stuff, and people are noticing, and that's cool. We have, we've had quite a number of people who have made note 
of wow, WWE's got a lot of stuff going on, on on social media all of a sudden. Yes, we do. Absolutely. So make sure you check us out. And if you're not following WEEU on social media, make sure you do so uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash 830AMWEEU, or just search for 830WEEU on Facebook. It'll pop right up. Instagram and X, super easy, at 830WEEU. And the Instagram is brand new, so if you aren't following the Instagram yet, make sure you do. It's at 830-WEEU. No AM in there. It's at 830-WEEU. There is an old account in there uh, that's at 830-AM. Disregard that. It's 830-WEEU. Make sure you follow the brand new uh, Instagram page and the X page and Facebook. Just follow us on social media. <laughs> you will not regret it. I had the opportunity on Friday night to go uh, over to Birdsboro, lovely Birdsboro, and I got to see uh, the First Street Players uh, production of Footloose. My wife and daughter are in the ensemble everyone did a great job i'm always amazed at how they can use that little space they have there because it's just a tiny little theater that they have set out you're very amongst among the performers when you are sitting in that theater mm -hmm. uh so i always am amazed at how they use that little space and are able to What's do so much with the little space i have an idea i was doing some math I think it's close to 100, okay. which is surprising because it doesn't right. look like that much. Right. But they've got three. They've got a bunch of seats on the left, a bunch of seats in the middle, and a bunch of seats on the right. right. So they kind of spread it out 30, right. 30, 20, whatever right. it is. And it's I think it's in the vicinity right. of 100. So it's a small little room. Right. It's a tight little room. And everybody's right there. <laughs> that just means there's not a bad seat in yeah, there. Yeah, sure. And if you're the performers, though, because I've performed in spaces like that, it is very awkward because you can see everybody like you cannot and yeah. not just know there's people there right. you can like pick out physical features sure you'd be like that person's glasses are crooked <laughs> they should really fix their bangs <laughs> like you can see them plain as day there's no hiding like if you're on a stage in a theater right you have the stage there's lights the lights there's right. also there's a pit area so right. we do the orchestra there or, or nothing because they're doing uh, the orchestra somewhere else or it's recorded or whatever the case so there's there's a buffer area sure and then the like you said the lights are so bright it's just you maybe right. see a couple people in the first two rows, but this is just everywhere you look. <laughs> it's just 200 eyeballs staring back at you. Right. Uh, and you see every single one of them. So that, that actually does, while it's comforting, because you might see some people you know, and maybe mm -hmm. that could relax you, right. the majority of the people in there you're not going to know. Right. So as a performer, it can be a little... Uh, I would say intimidating to be standing up there and just making direct eye contact with the audience <laughs> for just two and a half hours. So it was a very proud dad moment, I'm sure. Uh, yes, it was. She did a great job. My wife did a great job. They both did uh, spectacular. My wife is funny. It is Footloose, so it's set back in the 80s. Right. So they're all doing their 80s style, right? So the costumes aren't all that flattering because <laughs> if you go back and look at 80s costumes and 80s stuff we were wearing, <laughs> that was a bad era, man. It's a bad era. No one's going back to the 80s. There's a reason we haven't started pegging our jeans again, <laughs> which is the folding over and the rolling up of the jeans, which we all did mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s. There's a reason we're not doing that. But uh, she didn't want to come out after the show because the people come out and meet the usually come out, right? Whatever sure. costume you were wearing, you come out. We had to wait for like five to ten minutes for my wife to come out because she would not come out in her costume because apparently she told my daughter, I'm not coming out there and getting pictures taken in this costume. So she performed in it, yes. but she wouldn't be seen in it. No, she wouldn't be seen in it. <laughs> she, Makes perfect sense. If you want to see her, you got to pay for a ticket <laughs> in that costume. Very good. All right. Well, good for her, I guess. <laughs> I didn't think it was There's that bad. There's a line, I suppose, but it makes sense. I no, it doesn't, actually. I Everybody just saw bad. you in it, so... 
I know, but there's no but pictures. Now, right. And no now pictures. the pictures get out. Yeah. And more people than the hundred can see you. Yeah. But my I, I didn't know my wife back then. But like just knowing that I grew up then and she grew up then, like I, I don't want to say the styles fit her. But it didn't strike me as weird as when I saw my daughter with like crimped hair <laughs> right. and yes. wearing like a scrunchie in her hair <laughs> and in these sweaters and shirts and dresses that are just so 80s. <laughs> like she had on a tiki or a teal, I'm going to say, I guess teal, we'll call it a teal dress that could only be worn if you were a bridesmaid or going to a prom in the Midwest. <laughs> like, those are the only two places sure. that you could wear that dress. Right. And that is where she is. Uh, that's what she's wearing up So how much of the costumes were made versus found? I think a lot of them are found yeah. or donated yeah. or you go to Goodwill. Because they sure. were, with with a costume, a uh, show like this with right. the costumes, it's still just jeans and shirts. Right. So you don't just have to order them. as much. Right. You can just kind of find stuff that right. fit, whether other people have it or you go to right. Goodwill and get it. So right. I think they piecemealed these costumes together. If you do a show like we did guys and dolls in high school. Yeah, that's a whole different. And you can't you gotta get those zoot suits sent over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a lot of yes. those, not a lot of those old nineteen twenties or whatever it is, gangsta style right. suits floating right. around at your goodwill. <laughs> so all that stuff has to be ordered right. from a company and then sent right. over. So this right. I believe was they they pieced a majority of it right. together. Now some of them did have uh, I think the name of the school is Beaumont that the kids went to in Footloose. Okay. So some of the kids did have like varsity Beaumont jackets on. Right. Obviously yeah. those are jackets. Right. You had to order from somewhere or order, rent, and then send back. Yeah, there's probably companies that do it for plays. 100%. There's all kinds. They uh, supply uh, costumes. They'll supply set pieces or drops in the back if you want to use those. Uh, Music they'll supply. Yeah, all of that because it is a big – that's a big money-making industry is high schools and community theaters – Putting on the shows, not for the schools and the community theaters most times, but for the companies who license these plays. You got to pay thousands of dollars. Even a little community theater has got to pay thousands of dollars for the rights to put on a show. It's amazing. But that's, yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but it's the kinds of things that people don't think about in terms of. Uh, from a consumer standpoint, that you don't realize the expenses that are being made or need to be made. Uh, in order to do stuff. I, I say this all the time. People are stunned when I tell them that when we get into the postseason, we pay a rights fee mm-hmm. to broadcast high school sports. People, you pay a rights fee for high school? Yeah, we do. And sometimes they get a little, as the, as the season goes along, let me just tell you, they get a little salty. A little steep. Yes, correct. <laughs> There's a lot of people who have rights for everything. Yep. And yeah, people, I just don't think, I think it's just worth noting in that regard when people say, well, I come, I got to pay for this. That's why, because- yep. There's rights for everything, and everybody's got their hands out looking for some money. And when I when I was doing theater back in the day, the tickets were a lot cheaper, and I gripe about it to my wife right. about the cost of tickets. But I know why. Because right. they're just trying to make up sure. what they're paying Correct. for the right to do right. the show. Like right. there's there's a math equation involved somewhere, sure. and still make a dollar. Yeah, and still try to put some money in their right. uh, savings account for a rainy day because right. they own that building. So you never know if, if something breaks, you got to pay for a water heater. <laughs> You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> All that stuff happens. So, yeah, it's a it's a whole process running a community theater. But these people did a great job. Hard work. My uncle actually was in the pit. I forgot wow. about that. So he was in the back playing uh, Keller production. Bass. We were all over the place. We were all over the <laughs> and place. Despite the name, it still survived and oh, thrived. That's because I wasn't involved. That's true. I could have brought that production to its knees. They're only related by, you know, marriage. <laughs> News, traffic, weather, sports, and fun. It's Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Berks and beyond.
28 minutes till the top of the hour right here on Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. He's Bob. I'm Mike. Thanks for hanging out with us here on this Monday morning. Phone numbers, if you want to get involved, 610-374-8800. Email, that's Mike at 830weeu.com. And you can always shoot us one of them there. Text messages, 267-422-2830. We teased at the top of the show that coming up during our 7 o'clock hour, we're going to transition into a topic in regards to the inaugural Florida Man Games that were held over the weekend down in St. Augustine, Florida, with some very Florida events taking place. We wanted to ask, what would be some of the events that would be in a Pennsylvania Man, Pennsylvania Man Games, excuse me, and we threw out a uh, example of the shoe fly pie toss. Well, Cynthia texting in, how about the cow dung toss, says Cynthia. All right, well, then, then we can make the, the shoe fly pie the discus piece. Yes. And then we'll go with cow dung as a shot put. That does form. make sense because if you <laughs> yeah. are going to fling that, yes. I would imagine shot put. Shot put would be depending the on operative the, way. With yeah. a glove, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. You might wanna, that's where perhaps. you might want to use the goalie glove or the catcher's <laughs> mitt yeah. in order to surround whatever you have in your hand there, however much there is. Right. It's going to depend on your cow partner uh, <laughs> with how they, much they produce. But, yeah. So we have a cow chip bingo side piece because, you know, not, you know, Pennsylvania man games because yes. that's on the cow. But we could have that as a side piece, maybe a fundraiser for our – Ultimate Pennsylvania games, we could have a cow chip bingo as a fundraiser yeah. and then multi purpose the cow chip. That brings into a, and before we, not that we want to go too deep into this right now, <laughs> too but, deep into the cow chip. <laughs> yeah. But a man who knows how to run a cow pie bingo or cow chip bingo, correct? How you would say it, is our pal Matt Jackson. Correct. And look, if anyone on the planet <laughs> was going to recognize or organize, excuse me, and run a Pennsylvania man game, I could see Matt Jackson oh my doing goodness. that. Now, he's the model. He is. He would be absolutely the the face of Pennsylvania man games. He would be. Yes. He would have to be yes. the, the, the PR guy. Yep. He'd have to be doing all of the interviews. Yes. Yes. He would be the man at the front of the Pennsylvania correct. man games. I agree. Yep. And I, we do not mean that as an insult. No. That is a compliment. Absolutely correct. Because if anyone would be, if anyone has the skill, athleticism, <laughs> and just all around Pennsylvania stuff that you need correct. to compete and not just compete, but dominate all these games, right. Matt Jackson. And since we're talking about, you know, flinging shoe flies, yeah. the dude knows how to throw food. He does. <laughs> he is the foremost th- food distribu- th- distribution in a different way. I was going to say food throwing authority <laughs> in Berks County and maybe even Pennsylvania. Correct. Maybe even Pennsylvania. I would like to see Matt Jackson in Seattle in the fish market just to see how he does throwing fish the way those guys do out there. There you go. I would like to see if he has that in him. All right. So we'll get into the Pennsylvania man game, some of the events that we would like to see in it. And also, before we do that, just to kind of prime the pump, I will go through the events that were held in the Florida man games right. this past weekend. And there's about five or six, and I'm sure they're going to be adding more down the line because I think the inaugural Florida man games went off just spectacularly and something tells me they're going to be a hit and uh i would say this is going to be one of those events that gets insanely big over the next handful of years oh espn ocho you you were joking but no some i'm not (laughs) 
I am absolutely not joking. I if, guarantee you it's going to be on there. If a TV network was not filming correct. this, all TV executives should be fired. Absolutely If correct. no one sent a camera <laughs> to the Florida Man Games for a streaming service, uh-huh. for an FX, for a Paramount Opportunity network, lost. Yes, you really <laughs> screwed the pooch. Because you should have been there yep. and you should have been ready for that. Because it was definitely something that all of us desperately want to see on television in a made for tv type of controlled hour-long special right or two you know give me a back-to-back <laughs> to be continued like a guy hanging off a dock in florida you know give me something to hang on to literally and figuratively all right so we'll get to that i promise coming up in the seven o'clock hour there's this new restaurant that opened up in the west village up in new york called the frog club and I'm sure that it is a very fancy restaurant. I'm sure this is a restaurant that you and I can never afford to eat in. But what's making some headlines for this restaurant is the fact that they have put together 10 rules, and they're calling them ways to get 86th. So obviously, ways to get kicked out. Right. Right? Here, so here are 10 ways to get kicked out. Some of these are very normal. Uh, some of them are obviously understandable. And then some others become a little bit more off the beaten path and then there's also some that make you realize just what like people in restaurants especially restaurants that sometimes serve alcohol (laughs) have to deal with when it comes to some unruly customer sure so here are some of the rules that the you uh have to follow in order to not get kicked out uh of this frog uh i forget the name i gotta tell you frog club i mean i'm sure it's a fine restaurant probably a nice high-end restaurant not a high-end name no name is not attracting the average joe I mean, I know frog legs is a high-end cuisine I've never eaten, but frog club doesn't exactly make it sound like it's all that appetizing. Apparently, whoever the chefs are here, the celebs that love them are like Jeff Bezos, Kendall Jenner, Jay-Z, Will Ferrell. So it's all over the map as (laughs) far as like celebrities who love these chefs and want to go eat at their restaurant. So I agree 100%. (laughs) But you see that with some of these restaurants that are like super popular. Right. The name doesn't blow you away. No, not at all. Doesn't make you think, "Mm mm-mm, good. But it does show that the most important thing (laughs) Still the food. Still the product. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you're putting out a good product, you can call it crap. (laughs) We do that every day. If you just opened a restaurant and called it crap. (laughs) But you had the... The best chef on the planet, right? As the as your man in charge right. or woman in charge, right. whoever the person may be, you're gonna you're gonna kill. Absolutely, it gets a word out that we ain't we ain't crap. That's right. <laughs> People are gonna be. Can you imagine Kendall Jenner and like all the Kardashians? We ate a crap last night. It was great. You know, they're sure all the influencers to be out there. Absolutely right. I'm going to crap. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, you can name it whatever you want. Somebody's out there right now, and our audience going. Hmm. It's going to happen. There's going to be a New York City restaurant one day or L.A. It's going to be in one of those cities. It's going to be called (laughs) Crap. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Ways to get 86 from the Frog Club. Uh, Obviously, no call or no showing for a reservation. That makes a lot of sense. Obviously, if it's in demand, uh, if you don't show up, that costs them who knows how much money and time and other people can't eat there. So that's that's one that makes sense. Here's one that, again, I don't know if this is kick outable, but (laughs) apparently at the Frog Club it is. And you're going to be very busy if you're trying to uh, enforce this because this is something that I think takes place at every restaurant multiple times a night. Taking photos inside. Ooh, yeah. This includes... Well, that takes care of Kendall Jenner because <laughs> <laughs> there's no selfies. They'd have to sneak it. Uh, this includes bathroom selfies. Oh, God. So no photos inside. 
or bathroom selfies. Well, I, I'm in favor of that, especially Bob, the latter part of that. Bob McCool. Yeah. Have you ever taken no. a bathroom selfie? No. 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 One hundred percent. No. Not even that. Don't even have to think. Wait. Did I? No. No. I'm gonna write that down <laughs> at some point. At some point, we're gonna make a bet, and the punishment's gonna be you're gonna take your first bathroom <laughs> selfie. Okay. And you have to do it in a busy bathroom <laughs> so everybody sees so you. So sees that it, what, I, I fake the bathroom? No, just that I want people to – I want you to feel awkward. I have plaid tile in my home that I can pretend it's a public it's bathroom. It's got to be a public bathroom. <laughs> uh, so no taking photos inside the restaurant, which is actually, I think, a brave move because while we think it might be just social media, that is obviously free advertising for all these restaurants. Right. When you post a picture of your food online, if you have friends and family who are looking at it, they might go, ooh, look at that. I'm going to go try that. So right. they are now getting rid of any kind of free advertising. Okay. But so that's but again, their role. Their not role. in the bathroom. Not in the bathroom. Anywhere. They don't want it inside. No, I know. Right. Anywhere. Right. All right. Being rude or inappropriate to our team, especially Tony. <laughs> Okay. They like Tony. I'm guessing Tony must have written these rules. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say these are Tony's rules. Or Tony's just known to be a little sensitive. Maybe. And we need to just give him uh, a little space. So there's number three. Number four, stealing from or vandalizing the restaurant. Wouldn't think, you would think that'd be higher up than four. <laughs> you think that'd be above the photos? Yes. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, four, stealing from or vandalizing the restaurant. Number five, touching the memorabilia or thinking about touching... <laughs> The memorabilia. Okay. All right. How are we going to enforce the thinking portion of this? I, you're going to have to really be watching. A lot closer than yeah, for the pictures. I don't know. That guy's had his eye on that picture for a long time. He's, he's been, out. He's been staring at that oar. Well, what about staring at Tony? Was that? Yeah. Tony's not memorabilia. Oh, okay. I think you can stare at Tony as much as you want. Just don't be rude or inappropriate to Tony <laughs> while you're staring at him. This one might be my favorite because you know people do this. And I've often thought... When sitting in a restaurant and watching people sing to somebody, I wonder if that's really their birthday. <laughs> so lying Looking about for it, free cake, lying about it being your birthday. <laughs> so I think that's appropriate. I do too. Yes. I don't know how you enforce it. No, well, you gotta have ID. If you if you come in and say today's Mike's birthday, you know we can can your staff sing to him and we get a piece of cake. I want ID. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't ask till after. That way you can charge for the cake. <laughs> there you go. Right. If they don't have the ID. We want ID. But have, I want, Mike, this is your fourth birthday this year. You're not getting another piece of cake and we're not singing to you fishy. again. <laughs> Something's fishy. <laughs> have, have you ever been with anybody who's lied about their birthday at a restaurant? Uh, not, no. I've been by, with people who have been totally pink in embarrassment yes, 100%. about it. I was threatened by my sister one time that if I did it, she would kick me where the sun don't shine if I did it to her. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Did you? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I think my sister probably would have Only people who followed that through, shall we say. Are the ones at the table who are not being sung Absolutely. To. It's hysterical if you're not the one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the cheesiest yes, song. Absolutely yeah. correct. We had my dad out uh, for dinner prior to my uh, wife and daughter's show on Friday night, and his birthday was a couple weeks ago, but... Someone in the family, not me, got COVID, and then there was an injury and a surgery, and then all these things that were taking place, so we haven't been able to get together as a family, so we went out, and if we would have had time, if we weren't trying to get to a show, because sometimes it can kind of spread out your dinner if you have to wait for them to herd all of the servers together to come over and sing, <laughs> I uh, totally was going to get them to sing Happy birthday to my dad because oh, he was getting I can his, imagine your dad. His you birthday meal. certainly loved that. He would, he would not have been a fan. In fact, he, he, he said we were. No, was the uh, answer we got. Uh, canceling a reservation more than thrice 
That's what okay. they said, not mine. Uh, becoming dangerously intoxicated, requesting a free meal, and then your number 10 rule. Requesting a free meal. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's one I haven't tried. Can't hurt to ask. <laughs> I guess it can. Uh, kissing the chef without her consent. So, yeah, you definitely don't want to do that, but... What gets me is someone had to do that. Sure. Did I get that on the rules? Yeah. yeah I don't know why that would be on the rules, but <laughs> yeah, there you go. Requesting a free meal. That's certainly interesting. My favorite, though, is the line about it being your birthday. Because <laughs> that means they have- That's pretty cheesy. It is. But that all, it means they also have- the, 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 Their intent is to enforce that. Yes. You know what I mean? They, they're not going to let that slide. <laughs> so I want to know how they're doing it. Yes. Birth certificates, IDs. What are we right. doing to prove right. that it's your birthday at the Frog Club? <laughs> Yes. No fake birthdays in our house. No fake IDs, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You you better go the extra step if you want a fake birthday. You better get a fake ID to ensure your fake birthday. Checking WEU Sports, the Philadelphia 76ers lost a home matinee yesterday in the Milwaukee Bucks, 119-98. The game marks the return of former Sixers coach Doc Rivers, who's now running the show for the Bucks. Tyrese Maxey had 24 for the Sixers. The Sixers are now... Four and seven since the injury to Joel Embiid, who will have his injured knee reevaluated on March the 5th. Philadelphia Flyers lost a wild one yesterday in Pittsburgh. Penguins won 7-6. Tyson Forster and Travis Sanheim both scored a pair of goals for the Flyers in the loss. Reading Royals were in a different kind of shootout Sunday, Saturday in ECHL play. It took 13 shutout rounds, but the Royals came away with a 2-1 win over Adirondack. And he goes against the 20-year-old Tyler Brennan. McCallion, left wing will weave out and skate in on goal. McCallion, wrist shot, top shelf scores! McCallion converts. He's one for one in his pro career. Top of the 13th, cashing in. And once again, it comes down to a heated goal by the Thunder. And goalie Nolan Myers stopped that for his 43rd save. Brian Ordell. Game needed goal. Meyer, one more save. Does he have it? Orgel skates in. Wrist shot misses to that. It's a victory. <laughs> it's 13 shootout rounds for the Wolves. And he goes against the 20. And you can start to hear, I can start to hear Eric Jesperger's voice going as that game went on. We'll talk with him and head coach Jason Binkley coming up after the 8 o'clock news here on Mornings with Mike. Boy, can I feel his pain. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Philadelphia Phillies got their Grapefruit League games underway over the weekend. The Phils won 14-13 over Toronto on Saturday. And they whitewashed the New York Yankees yesterday, 4 to nothing. Good weekend for some guys who were in Reading last year. Johan Rojas had two hits and three RBIs. Matthew Kroon hit a three-run home run. And Tyler McKay got the save on Saturday. And Mick Abel was one of eight pitchers yesterday for the Phils who held the Yankees to one hit and 13 strikeouts. Phillies travel to Fort Myers today to face the Red Sox. District 3 basketball playoffs resume tonight in girls class 6A. Wilson faces Central Dolphin in a semifinal game at West Lawn and WEU will be broadcasting live. Our coverage presented by Crosskeys Insurance begins at 645. Also tonight is in girls 4A semifinal between Wyoming and Northern Lebanon. That tips at 7 o'clock and we'll have score updates on that game as well. Also in girls 4A, Burks Catholic hosts Eastern York in a consolation game at 7. Saints need to win two games to qualify for the state tournament. In boys class 5A, Exeter faces Muhlenberg in Riften for a consolation bracket. Regardless of the outcome, both the Eagles and the Mules have already clinched a PIAA berth. 
and lots more Scholastic Sports info coming your way at 7.20 this morning. Sports is brought to you by the Reading Royals. Royals return to Santander Arena Wednesday night to face the Wheeling Nailers at 7 and host Adirondack on Friday and Saturday night. For more information and tickets, go to RoyalsHockey.com. Don't touch that dial. Mornings with Mike is back on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and beyond. Jesse is a friend. All right, coming up towards the top of the hour here on this Monday morning, 7 o'clock hour on deck. As we said, we'll have some fun with coming up with some events for the Pennsylvania Man Games coming up in our 7 o'clock hour. So if you have any ideas on that, feel free to get ready to give us a call, 610-374-8800. You can also email Mike at 830 weeu.com or shoot us a text message 267-422-2830 also coming up in our seven o'clock hour we'll have your word of the week and we'll learn something new we'll add a vocab word to our litany of not from delco mike no no not a vocab this is the official word of the week not the delco mike (laughs) word of the week where he tries to sneak something in that like, we know he just Googled. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, he uses that all the time, although he did use it innocent. He did, and he made it sound really good right. and made me feel really dumb. So uh, we'll get it from an educational <laughs> not source. not easy to do. It's actually you feel dumb. Very easy to do. Educational source. Uh, we get it from our friends at the Muhlenberg School District and the Literacy Council of Reading Burks coming up at 720. The word of the week is just around the bend. Um, we heard during our ABC News breaks on Friday morning about the AT&T outage, and I guess there was a couple other companies that were also having some issues on Friday morning. Well, AT&T has come out and said, hey, because of everyone being affected by that uh, nationwide telecommunication outage, which I don't know if anyone here in Berks County noticed it, but we here at the station, anyone I talked to, didn't really notice any outages. Doesn't mean we weren't affected by it, but if you're not on your phone using them and you're not receiving calls, how do you know there's (laughs) an outage? So maybe I was affected. I don't know. Uh, But apparently AT&T, if you are a customer, is giving you a $5 credit onto your bill because that is, according to them, and if you think about it, unfortunately it does make sense, the average price of what it would cost you daily so through yeah, all yeah. their customers a free day of five dollars basically all okay. i guess the average price of all their packages or plans right would be five bucks so obviously most of us probably pay less but there's a higher amount that is up there that a lot sure. of people don't pay for or some people do get i don't know what the deal is but five dollars will be showing up in your Woo-hoo. account if you are an at&t customer hey at least they let's did go to that. wawa <laughs> i i know we're all gonna poo-poo it but at least they ah, did that. True. Because how many times have you had, like, back in the days of cable? Right. Where cable would go out. Sure. I never got a credit on my your cable. lights go How about your power goes out? Never get I never got. No, no. No. Yeah. PPNL never sent me a refund. Now, with that, that is you're paying for what you use. Right. I guess technically. Yeah, true. But, like, for cable, you're right. paying a flat rate for this much time. And Correct. you're going to be able to use it for this much time. Right. Well, for a day or two of this time now, it wasn't up. Right. Do I get that credit back? It would only be a couple bucks, it turns out. But, you know, at least A&T has taken the time to go ahead and do it. Yeah. So Give them credit for yeah, that. Yeah, give them credit. It's not a lot. Not going to change your no. world. <laughs> no. Yeah. And it's not exactly like getting one of your scratch-off tickets from the Pennsylvania Lottery. And if you missed a very important call, the $5 probably isn't going to matter to you. <laughs> but for the rest of us who didn't know, 
I just got five bucks. <laughs> That's right. Huh? I, was, I got five bucks for doing nothing. I didn't even know I was here working. Usually I, I get nothing for doing yeah. nothing. Usually I, get, I lose money. <laughs> I just won five dollars. I'll take it. <laughs> It's time for Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Berks and Beyond. Hey, who wants to have some fun? Featuring Mike Keller and Bob McCool. Not a guaranteed disaster. Now, here's Mike. Let me talk to you. All right. Welcome back after that long news break. Hope everyone's okay. 610-374-8800. Email mike at 830weeu.com and you can text us 267-422-2830. I love when ABC News and I are on the same page. <laughs> as they Stealing your thunder or just teasing your updating upcoming story. It can go either way, Correct. depending on how they report their news. But well, they, they were, don't turn it into a local thing like we do. They're teasing our story uh, as they had the Florida Man games there <laughs> being covered at the top of the hour abc news we are going to get into those here in the seven o'clock hour and ask you so start thinking about it which events would be taking place if we held the pennsylvania man games you're like i don't understand what's the difference between normal events and these florida man slash pennsylvania man games i will explain to you some of the florida man games if you need some inspiration to figure out what events could be taking place in the Pennsylvania man game. So we will get to that coming up here in mere moments. Bob, you just mentioned it. And the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined live in studio by interim head coach Jason Binkley and broadcaster Eric Jesperger from the Rennie Royals. After a very exciting Saturday night in Glen Falls, they return home, have three upcoming home games this week up at the Santander Arena. And we'll talk about the exciting win on Saturday nights up in Glen Falls and these upcoming games here at the arena, all coming up with Jason and Eric in our 8 o'clock hour. So make sure you keep it right here for that. All right, as we said, the uh, Florida Man Games took place in St. Augustine, Florida this past weekend. And I told you this is going to be one of those events that continues to grow and grow and grow. And look, it's already huge. They said more than 5,000 people bought tickets to see the Florida Man Games over the weekend. Right. So if you're inaugural event, if you're inaugural, let me rephrase that, ridiculous event <laughs> brings 5,000 right. people through the door. Right. And it's now being discussed on ABC News. It's now being discussed here. On and dopey no shows all over ways. the country. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so year two should be good for the Florida Man Games. I would imagine it's only going to get bigger and better. And yep. look, I'm, I'm half joking when I say I would not be surprised if like this event is held in the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium <laughs> one year. Right. And one of your main uh, play-by-play guys down the road is uh, uh, Gardner uh, Minshaw <laughs> because I feel like he should just be yeah. right up there. Florida, yeah. I know he's not from Florida, I don't think. But Florida man, ever since he went down to Jacksonville and became Mr. Jaguar there for a little bit, mm -hmm. I mean, when I think of Gardner Minshew, <laughs> I think of a Florida man. Yeah. Like, he yep. fits the van living, driving around the state, yeah. beach to beach, town to town, yeah. sort of cut Florida man Cut off t-shirt. Yes, cut, cut off, off sleeves. Cut yeah. off everything. <laughs> Every item he's wearing has been cut off yes. at one point or Correct. another. Sneakers, yeah. the front's cut off <laughs> because he had to air them out yep. a little bit. Yeah. Everything has been cut off. Yeah. So, yeah, Gardner Minshew, I feel, will be involved in this somewhere down the line. So just to kind of prime your pump, here are some of the events 
that were in the Florida Man Games, the inaugural Florida Man Games. Again, I imagine this only gets bigger and better. Oh, so absolutely. the first one, uh, this was an eating competition that has a, uh, as some would say, a double mino. Uh, so I'm not going to read the name, but it was basically a pork butt platter eating contest. So it can ever eat their entire pork butt platter first <laughs> would be the winner of this eating contest. And you're like, that's not fun. We do eating contests everywhere. We're just dipping our toe in this pool. <laughs> this is just like the entry level event. This wasn't even the weird event. This is just an event to ease you in to the Florida Man Games. Because I think we learned... That's the opening event, shall we say? It is. Okay. ABC News broke it. It was the opening event. Not quite it, like your... What was the mile you had the other day? The oh, Impossible Mile. Impossible Mile. We had to you. do a go on a yeah. track, and you did a lap doing burpees. Right. That's not lap. quite the same as no. eating, eating Although, pork. If you it depends how big the butt was. Uh, the pork butt would depend on how you know uh, difficult it is. There. <laughs> but you do one lap with the uh, burpees, then one lap with the lunges, right. and then the other lap, uh, third lap was the bear crawl. We were on all fours, right. and then the fourth lap was you a run. You just actually ran. Yeah, if you still had a... Of all novel ideas, you actually just ran like a normal dude. If you could still stand upright, do yeah. do that. <laughs> I'd be hunched over after that. All right, so then we move on to the next event. This one, just based on some of the uh, artwork that they've put together, and look, if you haven't checked this out yet, I will share the website up on the show page, thefloridamangames.com, because the second event, Weaponized Pool Noodle <laughs> Mud Duel. Test your strength inside the Florida Man Games Coliseum above a massive above-ground pool. Because you can't have an in-ground pool. No, not, not right. has to right. be an above-ground pool Correct. if you're right. going to do the Florida Games. So, First of all, the fact that the word weaponized is even in a, a quote-unquote athletic contest tells you all you need to know well you know they wrote pool noodle mud duel first and i'm like what can we do to spruce yeah this let's up? make this florida-esque weaponized <laughs> i love it weaponized pool noodle mud duel was one of the events then you also had evading arrest obstacle course where you have to jump over fences <laughs> run run through backyards <laughs> and away from actual police officers to earn your freedom so do they actually have the cops there to do the chasing it says Actual police officer. So what I'm guessing is they hired off-duty cops. Sure, right. I would hope. I would hope they're off-duty cops. If you're an off-duty cop, how much fun would it be? You get to chase this guy through an obstacle so course. You Go remember American Gladiators? So they were like the role of American Gladiators, the cops. All right, I'll jump ahead. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. I don't want to steal your I'm, gl I'm glad you're right there. You're not okay. stealing. It just means okay. we're setting it up in the right way because right, I was good. hoping we'd get there. The judges... <laughs> or, or the refs for this event are Dan Nitro Clark and Lori Ice Fetrick, former American, American Gladiators. Gladiators. There we go. <laughs> Which, if you watch the American Gladiator uh, documentary that is on Netflix, right. you learn a lot about these people <laughs> and their time on American Gladiators. And I'm telling you, that is one you should check out. If you have Netflix, watch the American Gladiators documentary. If you grew up watching that show the way I did, there's some wild stuff that was taking place <laughs> in the background. Yeah. And then uh, that show was... Wasn't there a 30 for 30 on the Gladiator? On American there, Gladiator? There's been numerous ones. Yeah. I watched the one uh, that was on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it was dark, man. <laughs> some dark stuff yeah. taking place. And then the biggest thing that you learn, because the dark stuff, I don't think... They're talking about steroids and stuff. Sure, uh, that kind of stuff Go doesn't figure. doesn't surprise you when you if no. you watch that show. Remember seeing these just people and they didn't look like people anymore. They had so many muscles upon muscles. Um, but the safety 
is really what you learned was a real issue back then. Sure. They were not worried about these. They were just, you think it was bad at the vet? They put just a little thing of grass over a cement thing, and they were tackling each other on this. It, it, the injuries and the pain that these American gladiators felt back then sure. was real. Yeah, sure. Real. It's it, crazy it, stuff. It's a sad, sad uh, yep. documentary, actually, yeah. but it's a good one. If You learn a lot about it if you watch that show, and if you watched it at the age I did, where you were just a kid watching sure. this. You had, none of this ever popped into right. your mind. Yeah. Never once. So it was pretty eye-opening. Uh, the evading arrest officer, of course, as we said. Uh, the Category 5 cash grab. Subject yourself to Category 5 winds, so it's a hurricane force winds, as you scramble to catch as much real cash as you can. <laughs> Because you don't want fake cash. You know, you got to get the You're real gonna stuff. You're going to scramble that hard if it's fake. Then we the have monopoly money. I could use what I could go without. Here's this is one of the whoever wrote this. They do not get paid enough. <laughs> a catalytic converter, two bikes, and a handful of copper pipes race against time. Compete head to head in a race that lets you live a day in the life of a Florida man. Headline. So you have to carry all this stuff <laughs> and get it done before time runs out catalytic converter two bikes and a handful of copper pipes a race against time and then the final event is the florida sumo conquer the florida man games sumo ring as you try to blast your opponent out or spill their remaining beer so they sumo while holding cups of beer and you either have to get knocked out or spill all your uh, competitors beer in order to be named the winner so those are the events that are taking place or took place this past weekend as the Florida Man Games. So I want to turn this into the Pennsylvania Man Games. What would the events be that would be taking I just place? Ones. That's why I was writing. Sorry. I figured as much in the <laughs> Pennsylvania Man Games. I was texting with Bob a little bit last night, and we both had the exact same one that we texted to each other: the shoe fly pie toss, correct? Um, which is a really good one. I also wrote down Lancaster County Fast and Furious. Which would be a race through Lancaster County in horse and buggies. <laughs> all right. That's very good. So there you go through. And it's the back roads of Lancaster right. County. So right. all those, you know, you're going through all the farmlands and making the sharp turns and the weird intersections. Right. So that's what you're racing through. That would be one of the first ones that I wrote down. Um, we did get a couple texts in and I'll also check the Facebook post. But, Bob, do you want to share one or two here before we sure. open up the phone uh, lines? One of mine or one of our text? Our text. Uh, one of yours. Let's, oh, let's, one let's of get, mine let's get, is. Let's get a Bob well, McCool original. Well, Pennsylvanians love to eat. We, we know do. that. Yep. And nobody likes a good buffet like a Pennsylvanian as well. So mine was the buffet table relay. Okay. In which, you know, instead of passing a baton as you do in a relay, you just pass the plate. So you fill up your plate. <laughs> Take it back to the table, give give the plate to the next person, then they have to go fill up their buffet and 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 it and it begins. So then you and ultimately who the four man team yeah. at the end, how who fills up their plates and eats it. In oh, a you gotta race. eat it too. Oh yeah. It's a, if it's a pence, I mean, what's the fun of just filling up a plate? You gotta eat it. It's not really a challenge, but you gotta eat it too. I mean, if you're gonna pile food on a table, I mean anybody can pile 
food on a plate. Okay. But then to th- consume it would separate the men from the boys, so to speak, in so a competition. <laughs> or the women from the girls, I Wh- suppose. Whatever the case may Correct. be. Uh, so the, what was it called again? The Buffet Table Relay. The Buffet Table Relay. Right. I like it. So <laughs> 610-374-8800. You can email Mike at 830weeu.com, or you can always text us 267-422-2830. Now, I did put up a post on Facebook last night asking people for some of their suggestions early on as to what some of the events that could take place during the Florida Man, Pennsylvania Man Games version. Uh, what are some of those events that could take place? We have a uh, John Sigan chiming in. This is actually one I wrote down. He's bringing it in a different way. He said the Man versus Food Scrapple Challenge. So I'm going to guess this is just a giant slab of scrapple that you would go ahead and you and your teammates would have to try to uh, enjoy and jump into in order to win the man versus food scrapple challenge. Uh, Andrea says, how fast can someone put on a fancy mummer's costume? That would also (laughs) be a good one. How fast can someone put on a fancy mummer's costume? We have Dave going with the funneling yingling. I'm I'm not sure if that's something we would do in the events or maybe just to tailgate, getting but, ready but, for the Pennsylvania. But Yingling games. would have to get in there somehow. Yes, right? well, Yingling would be the official beer. Game. Right. <laughs> I mean, Iron City, the people in Pittsburgh would argue Iron City, but I think Yingling has outdone them. I would imagine that Yingling is the, the gem of Pennsylvania beer. All right, let's go to the phones and see if we got Eddie here. Good morning there, Eddie. How are you? No, hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Hey, right, right. Uh, hold on. We got a couple. Uh, put that person on hold. All right, and then go ahead, hold. And now put the pick up line three. Put them on hold. Now go back to two. All right, Eddie, wow. are you there? <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm Eddie, there. how I'm are you? How's it going, Eddie? Good, thank you. Eddie, you want to chime in on these Pennsylvania man games? Yeah, I got a nice game for the event. What is that? The pole barn vault. The okay, what what is that? You take a big piece of timber and you vault yourself over a pole barn. Oh, a pole barn. Pole barn vault. Sorry, we didn't catch the barn part. (laughs) Pole barn. The pole barn vault. Vault. So it's not even a pole though. It's just like a two by four. A big two by four, yeah. All right, the... yourself over the, the pole barn there onto some cows and some horses. Oh, so you get, there, there would be some livestock in the barn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course, right? Well, yeah. You, you got to have the livestock in the barn. And if you land on a cow, you can also barbecue it for dinner. <laughs> and if you land on a horse, you can just ride into the right, sunset. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Classic game. I like it, Eddie. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Let's go to line three here. Good morning, W-E-E-U. You're on the air. What's your name? Jesse. Hey, how you doing? What 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 should be yes. in the Pennsylvania Man Games? Corn chucking. Corn chuck chucking. Corn chuck chucking? No, no. Chucking. Peeling corn cobs. Chucking, cor- chucking corn cobs? No, peeling corn cobs. All right. Hey, Jesse, I appreciate. Oh, I got you. I got you, man. Well, I appreciate your call, okay? Thanks. 
Take care. Bye-bye. 610-374-8800. We want your calls. We'll check the text. We'll get to the emails. What events should take place in the Pennsylvania Man Games? I've got a couple more written down, but I want to hear from you guys. 610-374-8800. Let's get in and check in with our friends at the Muhlenberg School District first and also the Literacy Council of Reading Berks. And let's learn a little something. It's time for the Word of the Week. And now the Word of the Week. Brought to you by the Literacy Council of Reading Berks, helping to make Reading the reading capital of the world. We love to read, it makes us strong, and if you read, let's sing along. Word of the week, word of the week, word of the week, word of the week, it helps us learn, it helps us read. And reading becomes the reading capital of the world. This week's wow is pinnacle. Pinnacle means the highest point, the culmination, the summit. Winning the Super Bowl becomes the pinnacle of success for a football team. Keep reading and reading. Pinnacle, it's the word of the week right here on 830 WEEU, the uh, voice of Berks and beyond. And uh, you can also find it everywhere here in Berks County. Businesses will have it up on their signs. Some will have it inside. It is all over the place. So make sure you keep your eyes out for Pinnacle. It's the word of the week. And, you know, we're in February. The end of the week is March. And while it may not seem like it yet, the end of the school year is quickly getting here, which means... Before you know it, I'll be in front of hundreds of excited Muhlenberg Elementary students getting ready for the assembly at the um, Word of the Week celebration for the end of the year. Yeah, you've been doing that for a couple years, and every time you come back, you always talk about how much fun it is. I'm just shocked. When I was in school, you could not get me that excited about any word, (laughs) much less all the words they have. So I just tip my cap to those teachers over there, uh, and especially the folks who came up with the Word of the Week that just have turned this into a whole phenomenon in Muhlenberg and and everywhere in Berks County. Absolutely. Checking WEU Sports, our local and scholastic sports. We'll start with the Reading Royals, who took 13 shootout rounds to come away with a 2-1 win over Adirondack. Only Nolan Meyer at 43 saves for Reading. Coming up at 8.05, Royals coach Jason Binkley and play-by-play man Eric Jessberger will join mornings with Mike in the District 3 Class 3A Individual Wrestling Tournament. Three Burks athletes took gold. Daniel Boone's Tucker Hogan won his third district championship, this time winning in the 189-pound title. Teammate Dean Hauser won the 127-pound title. And Wilson's Blaze Idol won the 172-pound title. Three Bulldogs placed second. James Garcia at 133. Mateo Garcia at 152. And Ryan McMillan at 215 pounds, helping the Bulldogs to the team title. Twin Valley's Ian Winchester finished second at 285 pounds. In the 2A classification, Burks Catholic's Carmine Lindsay at 172 and Brody Klein at 285 both won gold. Second place finishers in 2A went to Gunnar Majeski of Burks Catholic at 127 and Ian Vitalo of Schuylkill Valley at 145. Governor Mifflin's Alex Wodehouse won the District 3 3A Boys Diving Championships over the weekend. Wilson's Jackson Williams finished second. Both have qualified for the PIAA Diving Championships in March. District 3 basketball playoffs resume tonight. Girls 6A. Wilson faces Central Dauphin in a semifinal game at West Lawn. 
WEU will be broadcasting live. Our coverage, presented by Cross Keys Insurance, begins at 6.45. Girls Class 4A, why aren't we missing? Hosts Northern Lebanon in their semifinal matchup at 7 o'clock. We'll have score updates on that game as well. Also in Girls 4A, Burks Catholic hosts Eastern York in a consolation game at 7. Saints need to win two games to qualify for the state tournament. In Boys Class 5A, Exeter faces Muhlenberg in Riften in the consolation bracket. That game tips at 7. Regardless of the outcome, both the Eagles and the Mules have already clinched a PIAA berth. Check out WEU social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Rex, and you can see highlights and interviews from our coverage from Thursday and Friday night's games for additional coverage of tonight's games as well. Sports is brought to you by Reading Royals. Royals return to Santander Arena Wednesday night to face the Wheeling Nailers at 7 and host Adirondack on Friday and Saturday night. For more information and tickets, go to RoyalsHockey.com. It's Mike Keller and Bob, oops, I hung up on that caller, McCool, <laughs> on Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and beyond. That guy knows a little bit too much. (laughs) It's Mike Keller and Bob. Oops, I hung up on that caller. McCool on Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. Uh, That's fun. Uh, That's my favorite liner. (laughs) It popped up earlier. I'm like, it's too early to play this. We got to wait till other people are up. Uh, the funny part was when I wrote it, I put the oops. Uh, I hung up on that collar in quotation marks. And I guess the voice guy thought that I was going to put like sound effects in there. So it was just blank. So you almost got away with it. And then I tried to make it with just the sound effects. And then John's like, no, we'll just have him recut it. So a lot of extra work went into getting Good. this. I'm glad I caused you Mike Keller on the air. Bob, oops, I hung up on that caller, McCool, on Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. The dial tones make it even better. Oh, I was pretty proud of that one. Welcome back. 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. Phone number is 610. 374 8800. 30 years of broadcasting to be this inept. <laughs> Mike at 830weeu.com. And you can shoot us a uh, text message 267 422 2830. We've got some more new uh, rejoiners and liners in the, um, in the cycle as well. So stay tuned. But that one was. Uh, there was a lot of people waiting to hear that one. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I had a. I had a hard time keeping that one <laughs> under wraps. Every time I ran out of the uh, office on Friday with my laptop, it was probably in regards to that liner. <laughs> just, <laughs> just good. So you know. I'm glad you had to work hard for it. I did. It was worth it. It it's was fun. worth it. I do like that one. It's fun. All right, Florida Man Games held over the weekend down in St. Augustine, Florida. We talked about some of the events that were taking place. They had a pork eating contest down there. They had Florida Sumo. They had a catalytic converter, two bikes, and a handful of copper pipes. Race against time. Uh, Category 5 cash grab. The evading arrest obstacle course. The weaponized pool noodle mud duel. These were the events that took place at the Florida Man Games. So we're asking, what events would be part of a Pennsylvania Man Games? 
if we held that event here in the great state of Pennsylvania. We got some folks texting in. Uh, Cynthia in um, uh, Cynthia in Fleetwood texted in this morning, and we talked about it earlier, the cow dung toss, mm-hmm. which we decided would be a the shot, shot put. put. <laughs> as the shoe fly pie would be more discus-oriented. That is correct. Uh, Robbie in w- Wommelsdorf texted in, Groundhog Wrestling. Which I know is something you also I did because Pennsylvania is notorious in the world of wrestling, not not pro wrestling necessarily, although it's pretty good there too. But from the high school college standpoint, wrestling is a huge sport throughout the state of Pennsylvania. So I thought wrestling had to be there in some capacity. I assumed that alligator wrestling would be part of the Florida Man Games. Lo and behold, it was not. So I thought, well, what could Pennsylvanians wrestle? A groundhog. A groundhog. Correct. It, and it would be a little less dangerous. Yes, than a groundhog, <laughs> than an alligator for sure. I don't want. I don't think I'd want it. I mean, no. you know, let's let's face it. I mean, I don't think I'd want to pin a groundhog necessarily because you know. He might have a thing to say, thing or two to say about it. Also, then he might have a, uh, a late spring. Correct. You know, what I mean, he knows people who are in Correct. the meteorological community, Correct. and you and I want to get out in the golf course. <laughs> That's right. So I don't think we want to be upsetting any of the groundhogs here in Pennsylvania. But you're right, uh, groundhog wrestling a little less dangerous. Although uh, I don't want to wrestle a groundhog, I would choose a groundhog over an alligator. Absolutely correct. Yes, safety uh, first. <laughs> always. That's the motto for the Pennsylvania games. <laughs> Safety first. Uh, we also have uh, Jimmy from Muhlenberg texting in the cow pen tire toss. It's where you toss the tires and pull the tarp back over the hay. <laughs> Run down and use the little front end loader to push the fence forward so the heifers can eat. <laughs> so that's, that's a very in-depth. Yes, it is. A very in-depth one. Uh, we also have Kara from Kempton, the ring bologna toss. Now, that would be something I imagine. We're throwing of, a lot of food around in this particular competition. Uh, but... That, You'll note that even, you know, mine was a buffet table relay, which also is food-based, not surprisingly. And there was eating involved in yours as well, not just loading the plates. No, because anybody can load food on a plate, but if, you know, again, you got to eat it, you just can't load it on. I imagine the ring bologna toss or bologna toss, whatever you want to say, would be more of a, like, a fair game. Where you like you take yes. the rings and try to toss it onto the lid of a soda Correct. bottle. That's what I imagine you do, and there'd be different points, and you know it'd be a point-related type of competition, not so much distance. Yes, we have to put some accuracy into this as well. And you could do that with the cow dung and the uh, shoe fly pie too. Sure. You, you could do it like an NFL Pro Bowl QB uh, accuracy event right. with like things moving. <laughs> In the outfield, and you got to try to hit them as they are running by. Yeah, just throwing that out there. So that are some of the options and some of the events that have been suggested. I also threw out there uh, last night the pothole turnpike slalom. So this would take place on the turnpike where you have to weave in and out of all the potholes that are on there. And whoever finishes the fastest with their car still intact. Correct. Yes. Because that's going to, if you have to. There's, if, there's an impact involved. Yeah, Correct. If, if you ruin your rims, Correct. then that's going to be a right. penalty and some time will be added. Right. But whoever can get through it with the cleanest car, the fastest, like in the regular slalom in right. the Olympics, right. would be the winners of the uh, pothole turnpike slalom here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Uh, I had a text message. Uh, this is from I'm, I'm gonna. This is from Jeff Filer, who's an assistant athletic director at Albright College and a Lancaster County native. So he's kind of taking your horse and buggy thing, and he's going specific. All right. True, with Pennsylvania horse and buggy race needs to be a marathon, not a sprint, okay. but a marathon. So not so much fast and furious, <laughs> right? Because okay. you know, I mean, let's face it, a horse and buggy really wouldn't be a sprint. Uh, of course, starts in Virginville. <laughs> 
winds down into Lancaster County, goes through intercourse, and ends in paradise. <laughs> all, all Lancaster County, true names to be sure. That's right. So, so look, I'm, these, these are just ideas. We're spitballing here. correct. <laughs> None of these events are, are finished products. We can make all the this – this is a team effort. Sure. Is what this boils down to. But I to. think there's something to be said out of all of this. I, I think we're on to something. I really think we're on to something, too. <laughs> Let's sneak in a phone call here. Good morning, WEEU. You're on the air. What's your name? Barry, I live in Exeter. Hey, Barry, how's it going? You're on the air. Do you have an event for us for the PA Man Games? Yes. Do you know how when you go near Philadelphia, you see somebody always holding a soft pretzel to themselves and they're all sweaty? <laughs> so I was thinking you have a soft pretzel relay race. A soft, so another relay race. I don't, I don't mind it. Here's here. Let's let's. I want to take your idea, Barry, and combine it with my friends because my friend texted me, Jude. He said, "How about a soft pretzel stacking?" Events where you see you who can make the tallest Correct. soft pretzel yeah, tower. There's something to be said for that. What do you think of that, Barry? Okay. <laughs> I'm just—we're throwing a lot of food. I'm just right. looking to do something else with it. And, well, well, there's, there's a lot of food in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I know we right. like our food. Yeah, but everybody seems to want to throw it all of a sudden in this competition. <laughs> Well, nobody wants to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Barry. So we'll we'll change it to stacking, though. Okay, we'll do the soft pretzel stacking. All right, I like it. And if they're a little sweaty, they'll probably uh, be easier to stack. They'll have a little <laughs> little natural stickiness to them. Good morning, WEEU. You're on the air. What's your name? Ardell. Hi, Ardell. How are you? Um, pretty good today. All right. Well, you're you're on the air with us, Ardell. Did you want to chime in on these PA man yeah. games? How about a Limburger eating? contest oh limburger <laughs> cheese good luck trying to find people who are going to participate in that yeah. event ardell if you can get past the smell <laughs> oh did you ever have it it's horrible i've never had it but i've heard about oh, it oh no. yeah the smell and just get to... <laughs> you know, i had some older relatives already that ate it yeah that might be the one food you want to throw ardell <laughs> to get it away from you yes. All right. Hey, Ardell, okay. I appreciate it. You have a great day, okay? Yeah, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Good morning. W-E-E-U, you're on the air. What's your name? Oh, I'm Doug from Reading, PA. Hey, Doug. How's it going, buddy? Excellent. All right. Do you have a PA man game for us? Oh, I've got a couple of them. All right. <laughs> so have you been <laughs> thinking about this thinking. for a while? <laughs> oh, yes, I have. Okay. What do you got for us? Okay. Of course, we got, you know... Horseshoes and quates. Oh, so you're going more like regular now. We're starting off. We're starting off with old regular school. games. All right. Starting off old school. All right. You got your cornhole. Okay. Which we used to call beanbags. Yeah. And then you got one we used to play up in Egypt at all the Edelman reunions. The egg toss. The, <laughs> the egg toss you might uh, fit in. Right. The, yeah. the rest are a little other, too normal. Yeah, exactly. They're too a little normal on the other ones. Those are just backyard games. Yeah, but the, the egg toss, I could see, because especially you could make that like extreme. A red beet egg toss. That <laughs> makes it a little more Pennsylvania. No, no, raw. Raw egg toss. <laughs> it does toss. have to be raw. Yeah, yeah you could paint, we'll paint them red. No, no, these were raw. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I did one of those at the uh, Reading Fair years ago. When in my 20s, my buddy and I were at the fair, and we ended up somehow in the egg toss. Right. Yeah, but when you were 20s, you're, they're, they're, it's somehow or another, comp- competing versus winging an egg at your friend may change the thing. That's true. We, we were enjoying it for a different reason. Uh, but, yeah, the yeah, egg toss. Like sure you never wore any rings while you were doing it. No, you're a serious egg tosser there, sir. Yeah, and every time you met, backed up, 
Everybody caught their egg? Well, you backed up some more. Yep, that's how it works. Hey, uh, I appreciate your call, and you have a great day, okay? I'm trying to. All right, take care. 610-374-8800. Why don't you throw him on hold, put the other one on hold, and then we'll uh, we'll ring back around. 610-374-8800. Let's go to line three here. Good morning, WEEU. You're on the air. What's your name? Uh, this is Ducky. Hey, Ducky, Ducky. How's it going? I got one for you. Ducky, before you go, just let, we were, a lot of years ago. Ducky, we were talking about you last week. Were your ears ringing? I used to go up to Kenton, and they have what they call pork chop day. What is pork chop day? You get a man and a woman together, and they put you in a, in a pen. Okay, be careful, Ducky. And they put six piglets out there. Okay. And the idea was the man had to catch the pig, hold him up by his legs, and the woman had to put a diaper on him. Okay. <laughs> and then he put the, uh, put the pig down to the ground. And uh, the first one that could do this and that the diaper would stay on, yeah. you get a pound of bacon. A pound of bacon. There you go. Only seems appropriate. <laughs> it, was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. How long, would, how long did it take most people to do that, Ducky? The chase of piglet, why, uh, it, was, it was quite a, quite a, quite a job, really. Uh, did you ever do it, Ducky? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won one. One he went from ducky to piggy that day. <laughs> what was that, yeah, ducky? What a pound of a bacon. <laughs> it was a lot of fun just chasing the, the little pigs, and they squeal like heck. I, I would, too, if you grabbed me by my hind legs <laughs> and, and tried to put a diaper on, on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, it was ducky. A lot of fun, really. Oh. Okay, right. Have a good day. You too. Appreciate right. it, buddy. <laughs> Bye-bye. 610-374-8800. Emails Mike at 830-WEEU.com. You can shoot us a text message, 267. Laugh with them or laugh at them, just as long as you're laughing. Mornings with Mike on 830-WEEU, the voice of Berks and Beyond. Another new liner. Not as much fun as the other one. <laughs> <laughs> not as much pomp and circumstance no, with that one. No, not as much behind-the-scenes work either. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't as much uh, anticipation either. There was anticipation for the other guy. All right, welcome back. Six kind of like throwing a surprise party, only not. 374-8800. Email that's Mike at 830weeu.com, and you can text us 267-422-2830. We're talking about the Pennsylvania Man Games. We're making our own event in honor of the Florida Man Games that were held this past weekend. We've got some great event suggestions already. Uh, of course, the cow dung toss uh, that was from Cynthia. Bob and I threw out there the shoe fly pie toss. Uh, we also have pretzel stacking. That was a little bit of a meet in the middle for a couple different folks throwing out some pretzel stuff. My buddy Jude did suggest the stacking. The pole barn vault is when you take a big two by far uh, four and you vault over a barn filled with livestock. So don't forget about that. Uh, we've got the uh, turnpike pothole slalom. And you had a texter who corrected my Lancaster County Fast and Furious to be more of a marathon. Yes, horse and buggy marathon yes. versus Fast and Furious. Because, you know, they're not a whole lot of fast. There might be some furious in horse and buggy, mostly the people who are trying to get around it, but not so much fast. See, I think if you're in a horse and buggy and that horse is taken off, you're going to think it's pretty fast, even <laughs> though it's not as fast as a car. But if you are going through the back roads of Lancaster County at top 
one horsepower speed, <laughs> I still think that's going to be moving pretty good. But I still like the uh, marathon. I like the weaving your way. Now it's more like a bike race. Correct. Than yes. It is like a bicycle race right. than the uh, Fast and Furious. I do like it. So it starts in Virginville. And then down to Lancaster County through Intercourse. And, and ends then, up in Paradise. Ends in Paradise. So there you go. That was the uh, race that we are going to have with Horse and Buggy in Lancaster County in honor of our Pennsylvania Man Games. Um, there was another one that we haven't gotten into yet that I know is a big event here in Pennsylvania that is probably taking place somewhere right now. As we speak, two people are doing this. Two people are arguing Sheets or Wawa. They are having that <laughs> argument right now. As we talk on the radio, so that would have to be like on the debate stage. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. Like you just right. have two you can't just be sheets. Wawa, no <laughs> sheets, no wow. That's not really a competition. No, no. you got to have some meat on the bones, so to speak, in terms of what it is about sheets or what it is about Wawa that makes it your choice. That's right. We're going to do what presidential candidates don't do anymore. We're going right. to have an actual debate, and they're going <laughs> to stand up on stage together, and they're going to debate Wawa or Sheets. Wawa and Sheets could send their own people, or sure. we could have our own representatives right. from and our two we Pennsylvania have two sponsors. teams. <laughs> really? <laughs> a Team Wawa right. and a Team Sheets in the yeah. Pennsylvania Man Games? Correct. And then you have a debate right. to see right. which one is the superior product? Right. I mean, we're, it's all coming right. together. Yinglings is already in, so they're a sponsor. And, and of course, we're, we're getting this thing together. This is going to be a real thing. I'm telling you. We, the inaugural event would be held at the uh, uh, the farm show complex. <laughs> oh, it makes sense. <laughs> you know what Especially I mean? with all the, you know, shall we say, animal things that are involved in this thing. <laughs> uh, we also have, uh, you know, this is uh, from uh, Elon in Douglasville, the Franklin Shuffle, run with a kite, dodging trees, and get it to touch a dead power line. So, <laughs> a little Ben That's Franklin. It's got a little education yes, involved in it, little. too, because, you know, Ben Franklin. Tip of the cap to Benny there. All right, so we can keep this going. Feel free to text. Feel free to email. Free free to go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MWM radio. That's the show page. And you can throw up your events under the little Pennsylvania man post that I threw up there and suggest what you think should be a part of our inaugural Pennsylvania Man Games when they take place, whenever we're able to pull yes. the whole thing together. So all formulating ideas. That's right. Although I do think there's some events that we should try here in the show, <laughs> like the soft pretzel stacking. Yes, that's, that's, that, that could easily be done here. <laughs> I do think you and I should have a soft pretzel stack off <laughs> to see who can do the best, but that's down the road. But Pennsylvania Man Games, keep those coming. On the other side, we're going to turn our attention to some Reading Royals hockey. Interim head coach Jason Binkley and broadcast. Eric Jessberger are here. We'll start things off by talking about their exciting Saturday night in Glen Falls, which is a sentence I don't know a lot of people <laughs> thought they'd say. But we'll talk about that coming up next here on Mornings with Mike. It's time for Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. Hey, who wants to have some fun? Featuring Mike Keller and Bob McCool. A guaranteed disaster. Now, here's Mike. Let me talk to you. Here at the bottom of the third team, Brian Ordell. Game needed goal. Meyer, one more save. Does he have it? Ordell skates in. Grishaw misses the net. It's a victory. It's 13 shootout rounds for the and what a game on Saturday night in Glen Falls. That was Eric Jessberger on the call, and he's going to be joining us in just a little bit. Interim head coach Jason Binkley here as well. 610-374-8800. Email mike at 830weeu.com, and you can text us 267-422-2830. Coming up on Thursday at this time, we're going to be joined by Julia Pine. 
USGA comms director as they get ready for the U.S. Women's Open, which is coming to Lancaster Country Club on May 30th through June 2nd. We'll learn about what it's like to bring a huge championship like that to a course when we talk with Julia. That's coming up on Thursday at 8.05. As we said, in studio with us right now, we have interim head coach Jason Binkley of your Reading Royals and broadcaster Eric Jessberger. Good morning, Jason. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. No, man, thanks for taking some time and coming in. I know that uh, Saturday was a long night, and then you had a long bus trip home. Uh, Only got back, you said, about 4 a.m. on Sunday. But, man, what an exciting game on Saturday night, and what a way to get a W. We were talking a little bit during the news break, 13 shootouts. Uh, That's just an insanely long (laughs) amount of shootouts. The normal batch is three on three, and then obviously if it's tied, you continue. Uh, you were telling us that you have had some longer ones in your career than just 13, though. Yeah, when I was a player, I believe it was 16. I had to shoot. I missed. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember if we won the game or not. This was a long time ago. But, you know, I didn't realize 13 was – you don't realize it's 13 in the moment. You yeah. kind of just keep calling guys. And you're like, <laughs> at some point you do realize, like, you're kind of running out. But – um, you know, it was a big win for us. It was a big two points for us in the standings. So glad we got it done. If we would have called a timeout right there and said, how many guys do you think you've sent out? How many guys, once you got to the lucky 13th, do you think you would have guessed? I <laughs> uh, 10, 10, 12, maybe. I mean, I knew it was a lot. Like yeah. I, I kind of had the number in my head of who I had left. Mm-hmm. So I maybe would have been able to figure it out. But, uh, like I said, it was big two points for our team. We were talking about this a little bit earlier when you think about a shootout, obviously you have a plan in your mind of who you're going to go with, who's going to lead off. You might switch it around depending on the situation or the hot hand. How far in your lineup or past your normal lineup did you have to go uh, once you started getting into the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th shooters? I mean, at that point, it was just who was standing in front of me on the bench. Uh, Closest one in? Yeah, like you, you obviously have somewhat of an idea of what uh-huh. you're trying to do or who you want to put out there. And then once you really get past past about five or six, that's when you're just kind of like, okay, we just need somebody to <laughs> step up and score this goal, which we actually did. Bricknell scored in eighth or ninth round, maybe something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, you're thinking, okay, there it is. And then they obviously responded. But so then you're like, okay, now we got to go through this again. And took a couple more shots, but it was a really big, really big goal, really big win. I guess my curiosity is if you would have gotten to the end of the bench and everybody would have shot, does it restart? I believe so. Okay. Either that or the coaches have to run down the ice. Goalie on goalie? Yeah. The backups have to come off and do it. But yeah, 13, it was a lot. It took took like an extra 10, 15 minutes and plus the seven minutes of overtime plus everything else. Like normal game ends, what, 920, 930. This game, you're getting done at 10. So now you're already delayed 30, 40 minutes, you know, coming home, which gets you home even later, all that stuff. Yeah, it was a a long night, but a a much better bus ride getting that (laughs) victory in 13 shootouts than the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Friday night wasn't wasn't great for seven minutes again, and it cost us, but it was good response, you know, by the team on Saturday to really come out with those two points. Kind of lost in all of that and the excitement of all of that is the unbelievable job done by Nolan Meyer at goal. I mean, to, to, first of all, to be in goal for all of that, through all of that, just in a normal game is enough pressure. But to add in all of that time in the shootout, it's an unbelievable job. And he ended up with 43 saves. Yeah, he played very well. I mean, both of our goalies have been playing well. And 
our biggest issue right now as a team is we're not giving them the run support. We're not scoring a lot of goals. And, you know, that kind of falls on me to put some more structure in place, put some more systems in place, but also at the end of the day, trying to find some players that can score, which, you know, I've tried to make a couple trades, a couple acquisitions that I think will help. Um, but for our goalies, they've really been playing really well in the in the 12 games that I've been in charge. Mm-hmm. And I do feel bad for them at times <laughs> when, you know, like the second game or whatever it was, like we lose one nothing in the shootout, right? So it's like both goalies that night played unbelievable f- on both teams, but it's like you really hope to reward your goalie for making all those saves and and making sure he gets that win at the end of the night. And one question I really wanted to ask you more than anything, I mean, again, you've taken over this job and taking over a coaching job and getting the coaching job in the middle of a season is difficult no matter what the circumstances are. But obviously you were with the team prior to that as an assistant mm-hmm. coach. So when you took it over, did you feel as if from the, the, the changes needed to become – First, more mental or more physical in terms of the play on the ice versus the approach to playing the game? For me, it was first, I guess, I mean, in a sense, I guess you could say it was mental, but it's changing the system. So we had to have a better understanding of our systems as a team working from the D zone out. And I think people have probably seen the change um, that have been implemented over the last 12 games defensively through the neutral zone, things like that. And then, honestly, it just becomes physical of the players responding and playing the right way and playing our game. And that's tried to be my message to them as of lately. You know, losing the game Wednesday the way we did, losing the game Friday the way we did, basically having seven bad minutes of hockey in each of those games – it's not good enough. Like 53 out of 60 minutes isn't going to win us a hockey game. We have to play our game for the full 60 minutes. And I haven't really changed who I am. Like I'm very honest and very transparent and very open with them. And there's times where I've yelled, there's times where I haven't, but I have to be me and I have to get the most out of them. Mm -hmm. And as a coach that requires different things at different times. So um, for me, yeah, definitely started mentally, for me, there was so much to take over in such a short time period. Like my first day alone, I talked to every, basically every league in professional hockey from the SPHL all the way to the NHL. Like, um, and then <clears throat> for me, building the roster, trying to improve that, improving the systems. And I'm really happy with the way the players have responded and played over these 12 games. Yeah, that's the one thing that I think a lot of, especially me, I, I, I kind of understand it, but it's so convoluted and, and, and just difficult. The, minor league hockey structure uh we talk about baseball a lot we all kind of think about that as how minor leagues work but you're talking to different leagues you're talking to different systems you can get players from different teams loaned from different organizations so there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to building the team from the background yeah like i mean the first day was you know an american league team calling on one of our players that wasn't our own we're talking to different nhl teams like we have now a goalie from the Arizona Coyote system, right? So, like, for us, that's for me, I guess for me, like, you are talking to a lot of different people, but it's so much more than that. I mean, you have to deal with the boosters. You have to deal with the housing. You have mm-hmm. to deal with the bus. You have to deal with the travel. You have to deal with the per diem. You have to deal with the meals. You have to deal with hotels. Like, you're dealing with everything. You're dealing with agents. You're dealing with recruiting, payroll, like, salary cap, the league. Like, I mean, I can just keep going on, and I'm just one person trying to do all this. So, like, there's sometimes it doesn't feel like there's enough time in the day, but um, 
you know, thankfully I'm somewhat organized and somewhat planned out and I've been getting help with from the other staff members and Lucas and Bird and Sean and those guys. So, you know, we're working well together. We're all trying to achieve the same thing here down the stretch of making the playoffs, but the common goal, and I've said it multiple times as we're all in this together and we have to do it together and it's not just me, it's not just the players. So uh, for me, it's it's a lot, but it's also part of the job and it's that's what makes it fun and enjoyable has to make you really look forward to those two and a half hours of game time <laughs> uh yeah maybe it's a little time to turn turn the brain off but i mean normally you would think road trips would be that time too where you kind of get away but even then it's your phone's going off you're talking to agents you're talking to other teams you're talking to players you're watching film like there's always something to do there's, it's constant i guess the one advantage if you will, from your perspective in that way, as opposed to, like Mike said, the baseball structure, you're getting, you're getting pressure in baseball from a certain, from, from above to play certain players and whether they're having a good game or having a good hot streak or not, keep them in the lineup because they want them from a development standpoint. You don't have that as an added pressure because you're getting players to play for you that night and for your perspective. If you're playing well, I can keep you out there. And if you're not, I can move you without hearing necessarily the heat from above. Yeah, the the general manager, Lehigh Valley, Alan McCauley, him and I talk almost every day about different things, different players, situations. Um, but at the end of the day, even from our own organization, like I really haven't had too much pressure put on me. There really haven't been a lot of expectations thrown on it was hey you're taking over just make us competitive make us good right. and i've tried my best to do that like this is this is the job this is where i'm at this is the team i'm running and i have to do everything i can to make this team successful make these players successful um obviously with us having such a close proximity to our affiliates like it's very rare mm -hmm. at this level you see some teams where their affiliates are all the way across the country well that was the case for the uh, royals for a long time when right? they were with the Kings. yeah so we're we're fortunate that it's a 50 minute car ride so for for lehigh or us to exchange players is super easy where you know we don't have to put them on a plane fly them to california they spend all day traveling blah, 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 all this, that, and the other things that some logistical stuff that teams have to deal with. Um, but, you know, for me, I've been very transparent with Alan. I give him player updates, player reports on their contracted players and the NHL contracted players. And, you know, thankfully, those players are here to be our best players. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing that. And I haven't had to sit any of them, <laughs> thankfully. But at the end of the day, I'm here to win hockey games. I'm here to make this team win and be successful and, you know, best players are going to play player movement is obviously a huge part of minor league sports at any level what is the either in your playing career or your coaching career kind of the closest that anyone's cut it to say hey i need you here <laughs> by game time uh either sending someone to lehigh or you having to get to somewhere else when you were a player has there been anything where oh it's four o'clock and they want me here by seven for this game i mean we, ha we haven't had anything too crazy the way minor league teams are built now is they usually have a couple guys right like I mean, Lehigh Valley's got four or five extra guys up there. So if it like really hits the fan yeah. all of a sudden, like <laughs> that's that's again where we're close enough. It's not that bad. Like last year, we had some goalies get called up to like Hershey or Wilkes in the afternoon at like two o'clock. But even those are hour, hour and a half car rides. Mm -hmm. Those really aren't that bad. Um, you know, I have a uh, Eric uh, Eric Nodal played here for a little bit, right? So I played with him my first year pro out in Utah. And he was on a San Diego deal, and it feels like 
anytime like he had somebody come out to visit him and he was in San Diego, he got sent to Utah. <laughs> and then when anyone tried to come visit him in Utah, he'd get called up to San Diego. So like you see stuff like that happen yeah. <laughs> more often than not. Like even with some of our own players, they're up in Lehigh, their family, their girlfriend comes down and then all of a sudden they get shipped to us or vice versa. And mm. so then not only is a player traveling around then the family has to Chasing make different <laughs> travel arrangements and things like that, but nothing, nothing crazy, nothing too out of the ordinary. I mean, I know there's the story of uh, Rocco Grimaldi where he played like the morning game in the American League and then played a night game in the NHL in the same day. Like okay. that's pretty pretty rare. I've only heard of that happening once. But for us, no, I, we're, we're close enough that if Lehigh really needs something, they've probably prepared and planned for it a little bit. Gotcha. We're talking with the interim head coach of the Rennie Royals, Jason Binkley. You mentioned the goalies and how well they've both been playing, Anson Thornton and Nolan Meyer. When you have two goalies that are playing well, uh, obviously it's a great problem to have, but is it an issue sometimes trying to figure out who you're going to put between the pipes on any given night? I'm to a point now where the discussion is going to be who's ever winning is going to keep playing. And, you know, Anson, Anson was brought to us by Arizona because of what's been happening above us with Philadelphia. And their message to me was they want him to fight for a number one spot. They want him to play games. They want him to, to see game action because otherwise he would just be sitting in the stands and practicing up with uh, the, in the American League with mm -hmm. Tucson. So, you know, I've given them each, you know, a good opportunity here through these 12 games, um, 10 games, however long Anson's been here. But with this coming down this closing stretch, 20, 21 games left, whatever it is, we just got to win, and there's no real reason for me to keep flip-flopping back and forth. Like, I just need a goalie to come in there, play well, and win us a hockey game. So let them figure it out by yeah. that play. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a competition within within itself, and that's healthy and that's good mm -hmm. for, you know, a team. And hopefully it pushes them uh, individually to play better and to be better when their opportunity does arise. But, I mean, even though we lost Friday – you know, Anson played well. He mm -hmm. made some really good saves. Once again, we just don't <laughs> score any goals for him. And um, then on Saturday, you know, Nolan comes in once again, kind of get – you kind of – they just throw the puck at the net from everywhere at Adirondack. That's why the shots get so lopsided. But as far as grade-A chances, like he made the saves he needed to make, which is all you can ask for from your goalie. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at with them and the conversation that needs to be said and just – Let's ride the hot goalie, and it is what it is, and we need to win hockey games. It's that time of year. Three points currently out of a playoff spot. Maine and Worcester have been are tied for that playoff spot, the last spot with 50 points. What's your what's your mantra here going into this last stretch to try to make up this ground and, and find your way and fight your way into the playoffs again? Well, yeah, it's I said it a little earlier. It's just playing our game. If we If we venture away from that, then that's where we get into trouble as a team. Thankfully we are playing the teams ahead of us and we can finally stop playing Adirondack and Wheeling and Newfoundland who that's all we've been playing since yeah. I took over. I would love to see a different team at this point, but you know, we kind of control our own destiny of making it because we play Worcester five times. We play Norfolk six times. We play Maine, I think two more times, like all these divisional games are huge for us. And I think we're trending in the right direction. I think if we can just figure out how to score a couple more goals, we'll be okay. 
Um, but defensively, we haven't been giving up much. Goalies we just talked about have been playing well, mm-hmm. and it's going to take everybody. And there's going to be guys in, there's going to be guys out coming through the through the rest of the season. And it's just if you're playing, you need to give me your best. And that's one thing we've seen over these 12 games. These guys have been playing hard, uh, playing physical, and you've seen these teams a lot, as you mentioned. So there's been some, uh, yeah. <laughs> been some hard feelings uh, in certain directions and we saw some interactions at the arena during the last home stretch. Are you happy that you're kind of moving away from those familiar teams now too, to kind of get away from some of that extracurricular stuff? Well, yeah, it's just, I mean, when you play the same three teams constantly, it's just like, even like these I, guys, I was talking with that, that Rondak coach briefly before in the games. I'm like, I'm tired of seeing you. He's like, yeah, I'm tired of seeing you guys. Like, you know, like it's, just from a mentality standpoint, like it's kind of felt like we've been in playoffs already mm-hmm. because it feels like you're in these five, seven game matchups and it would just be a fresh breath of air to see a Norfolk, to see a Worcester, to go to a different city than Glens Falls or Wheeling, you know, like both aren't bad trips for us um, on the bus, but we just need to play catch up a little bit and to do that you know playing the teams that are ahead of us those are big four I call them four point games really um although you only get two points in the standings but you know we need to we need to take advantage and beat those teams when the opportunity comes here in our schedule Royals back on the ice Wednesday night up at the Santander Arena interim head coach Jason Binkley hanging out with us here on mornings with Mike they're the radio version of a show about nothing Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. All right, welcome on back. Just about 28 minutes to the top of the hour right here on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. Bill Saunders and feedback coming at us here from 9 a.m. until noon. Then noon to 3, Dan Bongino. 3 to 6, The Ramsey Show. And then from 6 until 645, some tunes taking you up to Bob McCool and Rich Scarcella, bringing you Wilson and Central Dolphin, the Rams at the Bulldogs in a District 3 girls 6A semifinal. Again, 6.45 pregame show, 7 o'clock tip tonight here on WEEU on 830WEEU.com and the TuneIn app. And as always, make sure you're keeping an eye on our social media for all of our post-game interviews. All right, 610-374-8800. Email Mike at 830WEEU.com and you can text us 267-422-2830. Hanging out in studio with... Interim head coach of your Reading Royals, Jason Binkley, and broadcaster Eric Jesperger. Uh, Jason, we were talking during the break there, and uh, one of the things we mentioned was the affiliation with the Flyers and how handy it is that the Flyers and the Phantoms are both very close within driving distance an hour or so. Uh, you're having some uh, help from the Flyers come on up today and uh, give some um, uh, help towards the practice and some of the um, instruction at today's uh, uh, practice. Yeah, we're fortunate to have those guys uh, come down and help out. And Riley Armstrong, the player development coach for the Philadelphia Flyers, he'll be on the ice today working with some of the players. Uh, we also have the goalie coach from Lehigh Valley, Brady Robinson, coming in as well to work with the goalies. So kind of like I was saying in between break, it's – a nice change of pace where they don't have to listen to me. They can do something <laughs> else. They can, you know, be on the ice for a shorter period of time, but still get something beneficial out of it. So that's kind of the idea today. So it's nice to have 
the luxury of those guys being able to just to drive down the 50 minutes hour, whatever it takes them to get here, work with our players, show that they care, show that the the system cares, that the affiliates care. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the players can, can learn and get something out of it. I would think, you know, if you're at, at, at the minor league level, like the, with the Royals and the bus trips and the long, long roads, that kind of a refresher that the, the guys above still care and that showing up at practice, coming in at the beginning of the week is a nice reminder that you're, you know, still a, a, a property that they very much care about, that they're coming to, to watch you practice and help work with you a little bit as well. I would, I would assume probably all my players wanted today off after, <laughs> after the stretch we just went on, but you know, I, I gave them an ultimatum. I challenged them to something and they didn't, they didn't meet it. Right. And so, you know, there, I don't want to say there's consequences to what, what that is but there's definitely not a reward um for not meeting the ultimatum or the challenge i put out to them so i don't need to bog them down with practice i don't need to keep them on the ice for an extended period of time even for our echl contracted players to see the nhl flyers logo Mm -hmm. here to see the lehigh valley logo here to get those coaches down goes a long way because when I was a player in this league for six years, really the only development guys I ever saw was a goalie coach. And that doesn't really do anything for you as a player. So to have these guys come in wearing those jackets, wearing those logos, a part of this system, not only bodes well for our contracted players that are with those teams, but also for the guys that you know are on ECHL deals that have the hope and the aspirations to move up to the next level and be like, okay, like this organization cares, these teams care, they want to help us get better, and that goes a, lo- a long way. And in you as a first-time head coach here in the ECHL, I would imagine you can pick some stuff up as well from these guys coming up and, and watch how they go about doing things or maybe just pick their brain after the practice. Absolutely. I mean, we they come in, we sit in the coach's office, and we all mingle and talk and chit-chat for a while both before and after practice. Even in the two times Riley has already come this year, you know, there's there's little things that I've picked up. There's even I've even had conversations with other coaches around the American League. I had a I had a really nice conversation in my first week uh, with one of the Hershey Bears coaches that uh, his name Nick Bootland. He was in uh, Kalamazoo for all the years that I played in the league, and I played against him for four years when I was with Fort Wayne. So. Him and I spent, I think, maybe almost an hour on the phone talking and just kind of catching up and going through things and systems and just talking hockey. So, like, that's the nice thing about now the coaching world is everyone's pretty willing to help somebody else. Like, they're willing to give insight. They're willing to give advice. They're willing to to help out with anything you need. So that's been encouraging and nice. And at the end of the day, you have to still keep growing and developing as a as a coach not Mm -hmm. only as a player to to get better and to make your team better and there are things that I've taken in my short time from other teams other coaches that I think are beneficial to help make us better was it less friendly back in the day uh, as far as in between coaches I don't know that for sure um you know obviously there's going to be coaches that you probably just don't talk to or get along with (laughs) and that and that's life in general Uh you're going to work with people that you don't like or get along with but you know back then now from a player standpoint like all these players talk all these players know each other when you play on the same team for a couple years and you're playing against the same guys for the same amount of time like 
you just kind of know them. You, you're more acquaintances, right? Like obviously on the ice, you're playing against each other, but you see each other off the ice in the hallways, by the locker rooms. Like, hey, how are you? How you doing? Like, hockey is a big world, but it's also an extremely small world. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is I don't think people realize like how many of these players actually know each other or grew up playing against them or grew up playing with, you know, guys on the other team and things like that. So I can't speak too much of it, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, but just now I, the, the support and the circle of coaches, it's, it's been nice. That's good. And that's, I'm sure that's something that's helped to make you feel a lot more comfortable being thrown in like we talked about in the beginning of this uh, hour, just mid-season and having to pick everything up mm-hmm. while sprinting. I mean, this isn't even like easing into it. You were, you were in a dead run when yeah. you had to pick up everything with this team. Yeah, and the, and the league the league office has been really well, too. Like, I've bugged them quite a bit about different things, different rules, immigration, contracts, um, trade, salaries. So there's a bunch of things like we kind of spoke about earlier that people don't yeah. really realize what like goes on. I would have never no, even right. thought about that, but yeah. your players yeah. from other countries, especially yeah. Canada, obviously, and just Europe, and it, yeah. it's so, just nuts. So immigration is a big one. <laughs> like you have to obviously make sure that you know they're legal. They're not. They they have all the proper documents, yeah. and they're getting paid by us on our immigration and all that stuff. But you know, everybody's been nice. I got to ton of text messages and phone calls when I took over obviously and you know every everything has been positive and supportive we're talking with interim head coach of your Reading Royals Jason Binkley also Eric Jessberger and Eric we were playing your call this morning from Saturday night uh we got to get your view of it now so what what were you thinking uh as you're watching this game and calling all the action from back here in Reading and uh watching this thing take place and going to shooter eight shooter nine shooter ten (laughs) shooter eleven uh you had to be uh looking for a lozenge at some point on Saturday night. Well, as you might have heard, the voice was on E. We were feeling <laughs> it right in the night. Uh, a exciting two games there up against Adirondack and with the top team in the North Division at that time, top team tied with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits for first place in the Eastern Conference. It was a testament to uh, the roster here that Binkley has put together and with some uh, depleted parts of the blue line as well for a lot of players to step up, step and get right to work. Uh, of course, everybody almost got a hand in that shootout <laughs> set. So uh, it was a great uh, final exclamation on the weekend heading into what is an upcoming big three games this week, all at home. And, of course, with those wheeling nailers back in town on Wednesday, and then we're right back with the Thunder. I can I could feel your pain <laughs> as that game was materializing. And listen to those highlights. I could feel what you're going through because you're doing it by yourself. And for a long period of time, that's a lot of talking. And a lot of emotion, too. I mean, you're getting yourself very much involved in it, and it's an emotional roller coaster to go through it. Uh, hats off to you. Not easy to do, uh, but really good stuff. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. But, yeah, there's that passion that goes <laughs> along with it as well. And just like the fans, I imagine there was a lot of jumping up out of a chair and, uh, you know, might have, have me as well in front of my monitor. It was definitely an exciting weekend, and we talked about the physicality and the passion that this team is playing with right now, and uh, that was very much on display with one uh, Tyson Fawcett this weekend. And a check apply. Fawcett now want to drop the gloves, and it's Tyson Fawcett going toe-to-toe with Jackson Vandalay. 6-7 Vandalay's with Fawcett getting up 5-7. Fawcett not backing down, feeding right-hand jabs. Vandalay's with a big hook, and a final jab over the head of Tyson Fawcett, but one more given. Jason, when you see Tyson Fawcett out there going up against Bigfoot uh, <laughs> on the ice, that's got to 
you gotta put a smile. You're smile. You got a smile on your face right here. You you have to love seeing that. Oh, I told him. I told him he made me laugh. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it, it looks like something out of a Mel Brooks movie. It like, really does. It's hysterical to see. Like Ta- Tyson's the only player thus far that I've coached that I actually played with. So okay. I know him from you know a couple years ago when we played together briefly, and you know that's kind of what his game used to be more of was the hat. Um, and at the end of the day, I wasn't very happy with the team after the first period. <laughs> and I expressed that to them. And the big thing was just finding a heartbeat and showing some emotion. And we actually had two fights that period, right? Zmolik and, and Felix went out a pretty good one there. And then, yeah, Tyson and uh, Vandalese had a good one there as well. But that's just he just made me I, I went up to him too i was like he made me laugh he's just like i got you i was like all right man thanks like and that is an important part a lot of people question fighting in hockey but really it is you guys use it as a momentum grabber at times yeah i mean energy boosts yes like you know fighting is definitely not at all what it used to be mm-hmm. even 10 years ago really like you look at the nhl and those guys just used to yeah throw bombs like now (laughs) because the shoulder pads are bigger the jerseys are tighter like the linesmen step in quicker things like that like outside of that rempe delorier fight that happened the other day which was wild yeah like there's really not a lot of crazy fights anymore which is which is good like you don't want guys Mm -hmm. to get hurt you don't want injuries to happen from any of that stuff but it can definitely be used to your advantage or disadvantage at, at, in hockey. And like you said, using it for momentum, using it for, um, you know, to get your team going a little bit if they're down, getting that heartbeat, finding, you know, just something by fighting goes a long way. And, you know, at the end of the day, both of the fights resulted from us sticking up for each other, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that camaraderie, that, that, togetherness you know sticking up for your teammate that you think maybe got taken advantage of a little bit is huge and Adirondack is not an easy place to play and they have some big boys and they have some guys that are willing to throw down but we responded and we answered the bell and you know we held our own through both of those and you know it really goes a long way in the locker room when with the with their teammates to see them do that and I'm sure that's something that will be talked about in the locker room and Guys have relived that fight, I'm sure, numerous times since it took place. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I, I'll probably show it on film just, <laughs> just, just to see everybody's reaction because I couldn't help but laugh. But the heart, that, that's the big thing. The heart and the commitment and the willingness to do it are huge. It's, it, uh, getting back to what we were talking about before with you taking over, I mean, there is an element of when a coaching change happens that the players suddenly have to come to realization like, Okay, well, now they've made the change at coach. If there's going to be another change, it's not going to be the coach. It's going to be me. Did you get a sense or a feel for that from your players at all? Yeah, I did, but I also shared that message with them as well, right? <laughs> this this organization wants to win, mm-hmm. and we were not in a good spot. We were treading water, and the organization decided to make a change. And my very first meeting with the players after everything had transpired was that was part of the message was, Hey guys, like the organization has made this massive change. Like, what do you think is going to happen next? Exactly. Like you said. And 
I think through my communication, I'm very transparent and honest with them. Some guys might like it. Some guys might not. But at the end of the day, like it helps them know where they stand with me mm-hmm. and it helps them know where they stand in the locker room. But for them, the response has been really good. I really proud of the way they're working. I'm really proud and respect the way they've responded. I appreciate the hard work they're putting in. And now as a team together, we just have to find a way to score some more goals, do a little bit more of the dirty work, do keep doing the little things right and just grind out some more wins here down the stretch. Hopefully take those wins into the playoffs and to see what happens then. One is in the Hall of Fame. The other has visited multiple Hall of Fames. Mornings with Mike on 830 WEEU, the voice of Burks and Beyond. Welcome back. Finishing in our winner here before we get on out of here on this Monday morning. Let's go to Leesport and Doug. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Good morning. I'm pretty good. How's yourself? I'm doing well, Doug. Congratulations. You got yourself a $25 bundle of PA Lottery Lucky Leprechaun scratch-off tickets. You now have a chance to scratch your way to a $100,000 victory. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good, yeah. All right, Doug. We'll put these downstairs for you, and you can come on in Monday through Friday between 9 and 5 to pick up your tickets, okay? Okay. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you go. You too. All right. Doug in Leesport, today's winner of a $25 bundle. You'll have your chance to win coming up tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, and Thursday. Four more chances to win here in February before we get a new batch of tickets for Friday and March. All right, Jason Binkley, interim head coach of your Reading Royals, and Eric Jessberger, play-by-play guy in studio, hanging out with us. Eric Royals back at it on Wednesday night at the arena for a wild Wednesday, second of three straight Wednesdays, the sandwich of the Wednesdays uh, tonight, (laughs) the meat in that uh, three-game sandwich. And then on Saturday uh, and Friday, some big nights out at the arena too, including Reading night with a very familiar face visiting. Lonnie Walker will be joining us, the NBA star with the Brooklyn Nets, and Reading Zone will be back with us on Friday to join when the Royals will change their colors to red and black, and we'll be sporting the Reading Red Knights logo and color. Mike Keller and I will have some special guests with our kids' takeover night, night, so we'll have some fun. And, of course, interim head coach Jason Binkley will have an extra special guest reading the lineup card. Also, for any kids who are listening who may have applied to be my helper, don't feel like you have to wear hard shoes, all right? Let's wear sneakers. You guys, we cover a lot of ground. I felt so (laughs) bad for the kid last year. His legs are like half the size of mine. He's taking three steps for every one that I take, and he's got these dress shirts on. Like, your feet have to be barking by the time we're done here so feel free to you know go ahead and put some sneakers on if you're chasing me around the arena and a sweatshirt and a hat and yep yeah, and then if you t- really want to look like the guy who's doing it wear a sweatshirt and a hat well too. this kid probably has hair so well, you know, i wear mine out of necessity so that's always a fun night though eric when the kids come in and help out we have camera operators who will have some uh kids taking over some folks up in the booth i think uh jason you're gonna have a uh, a kid helping you out on friday night yeah uh <laughs> I got yeah. There's a lot going. There's on. There's a lot going so, on. Uh, you don't worry about. You got a, a lot to before you worry about. I'll, I'll, I'll let them yell at yeah. the team this time. Just don't let don't Lonnie Walker on skates. No, you, nah, that's a bad idea. A lot of people will probably be unhappy about that. <laughs> uh, Eric, and then Saturday night will be another fun night at the arena. Absolutely, it'll be a doubleheader of hockey on Saturday. We'll have our annual Battle of the Badges game, puck drop at 1 p.m., and then our face-off against the Thunder at 7 o'clock. Would like to reiterate, your ticket to the 7 o'clock game is also good. For the 1 o'clock Battle of the Badges game, so one ticket gets you 
entry to both. There is re-entry as well after the 1 o'clock game. So you can come back for <laughs> doors opening for season ticket holders, 545, and then general mission at 6 o'clock. So Saturday, jam-packed Battle Dadges, Superhero Night as well, trading card giveaway, and then the post-game player autograph session with your favorite Royals. So join us Saturday, and of course, our best ticket package, entire family, entire crew, get four hot dogs, four tickets, four sodas, and thunder sticks to ring in the noise with the entire family. Family four-pack presented by our friends at Diablo Dental, available at RoyalsHockey.com as well. RoyalsHockey.com, get your tickets, and also I know new uh, season tickets for next year are up for grabs, so if anyone is interested in becoming a Royals 365 member, they can contact the Royals and get more information on that. Yeah, very exciting stuff going on. The exclusive event access, much of the player greeting opportunity. And with Nick Luco, recently named Wall of Honor in Duck D, we're mm -hmm. looking forward to that on Friday, March 8th. The whole event presented by VM Towing. It'll be just Royals 365 members, an opportunity to meet and greet with Nick Luco when he joins us on March 8th. So, just one of the many benefits that come with becoming a Royals 365 member. Great guy. Always easy to uh, talk to and chat with when he was a player and the coach here with the Royals. So glad he's going in to the Wall of Fame. Big thanks, Jason and Eric. We appreciate you guys coming in today and hanging out with us. Can't wait for Wednesday night. Royals hockey back at the inner three games in four nights. Should be an exciting stretch. And hopefully uh, in a couple weeks here or months, we're talking about some playoff hockey here in Reading again, Jason, and bugging you to get up early and come in and join <laughs> us again. No, this is, this is good. I have a I have a nine-month-old, so I'm up early anyway. So I, I appreciate you guys having us in and talking hockey and talking talking Royals, everything Royals, I guess. But, you know, big three games this week, really a big five-game stretch here at home coming up over the next two weeks. And we're grinding. We got to make a – we got to keep finding ways to win and, and get into a playoff spot here. So get your tickets and join us out at the arena. We'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. See you. Bill Saunders is next.